0: Welcome to Above the Noise, a podcast at the intersection of faith, race, and reconciliation. And I'm your host, Grant Lee Martelli. Welcome back to my concluding conversation with my son, Ryan. We'll pick up where he left off in part one and then we'll move directly into his reactions and emotions as the story of our family's struggle with racism becomes more public in the book written by his mother-in-law entitled Still Time on Pipe Pond. The struggle with racism is never easy, and when it moves from a story to your life experience, it takes on a whole new dimension of hurt and dysfunction. Before we rejoin the episode, we have to play another disclaimer to ensure that his words are not taken out of context.
1: These comments are my own and my personal, my personal story, and my personal history, and I do not speak on behalf of the Air Force. And while I am an Air Force member, this, I, that is one of my titles. I am also a father and a private citizen, and tonight I speak as a private citizen.
0: This is where we ended last time there is no
1: one definition of black or one definition of person of color. And there is no one definition of white there. We are people of <laughs> diverse backgrounds and that makes us individuals and that makes us important and that makes us uh, beautiful. And that's, what's important is understanding all those things.
0: Yeah. So you keep hitting on the theme of treating people as individuals, recognizing the the uniqueness in people, the humanity in people, and focusing on those things that we can identify with that are positive and building relationships based on our commonalities rather than highlighting our differences.
1: I hesitate to use that term, right? Yeah, because then you're then you're making differences sound like differences are bad. Differences are meant to be celebrated, right? Right. The people that at Marie's and my wedding, we had Marie's roommate from Germany share on the spot share that German tradition of that German wedding chalice that we both had to drink out of. That Mm -hmm. was super incredible. And then on the dance floor, you saw all sorts of different cultures from, from all over the world, like coming together with different cultures and dances. So the fact that we had toasts given in, in so many different languages, those differences are things that we should celebrate. So differences aren't bad, right? So we should start understanding that, that differences are what make us who we are and those things should be celebrated and not feared. Right. And so if we can see past the fact that difference is bad and look at difference is what makes us interesting, then I think that's,
0: what's important. Well, That's a good clarification. Yes. And a a good way to, to look at it or we start with the things that are similar, but we also celebrate the differences and recognize that those differences do make us stronger and, there's a lot to learn from other people and the way people do things and the way people see the world. You and Marie met in college and started dating each other. and You decided to get married and the result of that is an interracial marriage. Tell us about some of the challenges you face and some of the things that may have made that a difficult choice for one, either of you to make.
1: First of all, it wasn't a difficult choice for either of us to make based on race. It wasn't until after we got married that the the topics of interracial marriage really came to uh, really came to the surface in a lot of different ways. It's interesting, like if you go on a road trip with your family and you go on a road trip with your wife that's a good opportunity to see a lot of different things and then you can understand how you see a lot of things differently. Right. So just, uh, just recently we were driving through Arizona of all places and we stopped at this cafe that we'd stopped at before on Route 66. And next to this cafe was like this motorcycle bike shop, which was cool, fine. Um, And so we took West to the park, which was next to that with a railroad car. So our son was playing with the railroad car. And then I looked over, realized that this bike shop had a bunch of confederate flags flying up there and saying stuff about not hatred just heritage and 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 whatever they were trying to uh publicize there and so marie and i had actually very pretty similar reactions to that but it was i think it was a little bit deeper within me that i was getting a lot more uncomfortable with this scenario and 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 we started to Changed what we were doing, and we picked up our son, and we decided to keep driving. Um, But those kind of experiences, you start to see things differently. It took a couple years to realize also that Marie's grand paternal grandfather didn't want to meet me. It took a couple years because those first couple years of our marriage, for for a couple reasons, we were we were moving like every six months. We were we were busy. We were trying to figure out marriage, trying to figure out our new life. And so getting to go and see everybody was difficult. And then I think on another level, Marie's father was working on this scenario where he was trying to heal that scenario with his father to say that to make it okay in his father's eyes, Marie's grandfather's eyes for us to come visit and get to know him. And he was doing a good job as Marie's father, I think of, shielding us from from that uh and it only became at some point where we got and moved to Alabama and we were just down the road from Marie's grandparents house in Georgia and she said I want to go back to the farm I want to show you the farm where I grew up and I have all these memories of making molasses and finding turtles in the pond and going fishing and and these things that I want you to meet my grandfather. I had met her grandmother, but not her grandfather. And then, when Marie called her parents at that point and said, "Hey, we want to go do this," that's when Marie's dad came and said, "No, you can't right now. I'm working on this thing. Your grandfather doesn't want to doesn't want to meet Ryan because uh, he has a problem with the color of his skin." That was a big, and it continues to kind of still be a big uh, experience in our life because since then we've had two kids and a third on the way, and. We're still trying to heal that relationship, but it's probably the single biggest event in our, as you put it, interracial marriage that has, that's been difficult to swallow.
0: Do you see any similarities in that to the, to what your mom and I went through when we decided to get married? <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, the way you guys also did a wonderful job of, being parents and shielding me from all of that that was happening to then go and realize later as you guys, as you told us what happened that after you two got married, because, because of your faith, because of mostly your faith, right? I didn't know if it had to do with your race at all, but that, that uh, mom was not welcome back in her family for many years because until, of our
0: fears and because of my race was the two issues. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I do see a lot of similarities there. And I hope that there's one big similarity that's still yet to happen. I hope that, from my perspective, that relationship has greatly healed from where it, where it was.
0: It has when significantly. You have, it you
1: have not, you were not welcome until, slowly but surely, we're welcome. And I have nothing but happy memories with my, my whole mother's side of the family, my grandparents and everything. That part, the hopeful part, is something that I am still clinging on to with this side, with Marie's grandfather, that there is still hope that that can be, that can be mended, that we can do something about that, um, that we can go from this place of hurt and continue to push and hopefully get to a place that's, that's much better
0: yeah it, it takes time you know we went through that and and your your mom was disowned and we we'll do a, we'll do an episode on that as well sometime in the future because she chose to become a christian and because she chose to marry on her own and she also chose to marry some person who was black over the years that has be, that has been healed the relationship has been healed and we've had a great we'd not have had we have a great relationship with with your mom's side of the family and, and your you and Anjali have always been welcome and we get together, have reunions and it's very pleasant and people seldom don't remember that anymore, that, that actually happened. And her hopes as well that someday it'll be healed. What was your reaction when Danielle told you she was thinking about writing a book to tell the story and that it was going to be publicized in the public sphere in art, graphically, and in words, in different mediums, over and over again. It was no longer going to be a family secret.
1: I knew the book was coming, um, and I had seen some drafts of it, uh, but when I actually got the the final draft, the final published book, and it was in my hands, it came to the door, opened the book, and I read the first couple pages uh, where she tells the whole story and obviously there's a story about how Marie and i got married and and how she thinks marie's grandfather found out that i was black and how that door started to shut from there the things that i saw that were so moving to me uh were the sentences after that it was the part where uh, marie's dad bill was on the phone constantly saying what are you what are you saying? You're talking about my daughter, your granddaughter, and can we can we find a way to figure this out? Can, like all the things that he's trying to do as a as a man, that must be so difficult to stand in that gap between your own father and your own daughter and trying to pull those two things closer together when it and it shouldn't be apart, right? That amazing effort there really touched me. And the fact that I was holding that book was super touching that that whole story that's so personal in so many ways is public that they had, again, back to the humility and the courage to let that be public so that people can hear that story and maybe change the way they see things, maybe change the way they see people and see these things as people. Because the hurtful thing that I have to deal with is I've never met Marie's grandfather. Some people may look at me somehow as this victim of racism that he doesn't like me, but the real victim here to me is Marie. Cause Marie had this relationship and these memories with her grandfather. She had those memories at that farm growing up, literally living on that farm and all the wonderful, she used to tell me stories and I was excited. I was excited to go to it. And now she has to deal with the fact that on one hand, she has such pleasant and vivid memories as a kid growing up there and now has, to, now has to weigh that in the other hand with the fact that she cannot go back again. And how does that color those memories? And, and she's losing all of that. She's losing her own grandfather. She's losing parts of her family. That's what I think is the real victim here. Those are the ripple effects, the things that racism is not necessarily just between the black and the white In this case, it's it's all the people that touches in between the family members, the the bills, the Daniels, the Maries that are trying, that are hurting Marie's brothers and sisters that are also conflicted about going and visiting too, and the things that they're dealing with too, and those same memories, those are the things that make this so difficult. Um, So, what my reaction was seeing all of that and realizing that this is something that somebody again could have just said this is my family this is none of your business but they said no this is something that needs to get out there so that people can realize that this is how racism actually affects people and affects the world and they had the courage to tell that story that's when i called danielle and said and i was weeping for all those reasons because bill had and still has the courage to stand in that gap and try to heal this relationship uh, on our behalf and we're we're trying to help him and encourage him and Danielle and the whole family had the courage, despite whatever criticism or what people may think we're going to tell this story because it needs to be told because people need to know the damaging effects of racism. So my first reaction was gratitude that they were willing to do it. And I guess hopefulness that a lot of people would learn from it.
0: That's a good analysis and that's a good um, a good way to look at it. And So what's your, your hope for the future would be what?
1: Uh, Danielle asked me, uh, you know, what one of my favorite pieces was. And she has many beautiful pieces. Um, Some of them are difficult to see. One of them is a picture of uh, these kids toys and Marie's niece. So they're, I guess, Marie's grandfather's first great grandchild. And it's a, a picture that means a lot of things. But what I saw in that picture was my nieces, my nieces get to go to the farm, but my children don't get to go to the farm. So that was particularly tough. Danielle asked me what one of my favorite pieces was. And my favorite piece of hers is a smaller piece. And it framed in this, this encaustic photo is, is the side of the, of a farmhouse and there's a door and that door is closed. And immediately to the side of that door is the frame of another door, like a screen door that has yet to be installed, but it's leaning against the farmhouse. And to me, that's kind of a metaphor, the metaphor for, for hope in this case, because where I see one door is closed, there's another door, that can still yet to be opened, right? If we have the courage and I guess maybe the persistence and maybe the the hard work and all the things that it may take, that that, another, that next door can then be installed and a new door can be opened. And so my hope is that I'll be able to see Marie's grandmother again. She'll be able to meet her other great-grandchildren and that I'll be able to meet Marie's grandfather and maybe he can see his granddaughter daughter again and his great grandchildren and see us as individuals and see us as great people and we can start whatever relationship that is so I'm ultimately hopeful
0: What would you say to people who may be going through this kind of struggle you know personally or in their family or in their sphere of influence that are experiencing either challenges of being in an interracial marriage or the challenges of family not accepting that interracial in marriage and having to deal with a fallout like you have explained it. The things that
1: I've learned, my my humble opinion, um, one thing from that story from our discussion at work is don't be so afraid of things going wrong or messing something up that you make the bigger mistake of not acting in the first place. You have to do it with humility. You have to do it with humanity and understand that things, open yourself up to the potential that things uh, might hurt. Discussion might be difficult, but in the end, you might be surprised that things may turn positive, that people may learn something And maybe it's incremental steps. We learn a little bit and we learn a little bit more and a little bit more. And then we start to, we start to then meet in the middle here. We take steps towards getting back to reconciliation. And two, I think one of the phrases that you mentioned there was important was sphere of influence. I think sometimes this race discussion can seem so big and so difficult, right? There's, What are we talking about? Like huge governmental changes or big things. Um, It may seem so daunting, but I think if we get back again to that personal connection with people and the people that you have close to you in your life, if we can open up conversations and talk to and make changes within the people that are really close to us, those people that you're close to actually listen to you. That's why you're close. So if you can make changes within that sphere of influence then those spheres can start to overlap. And then I think change can start from there. And that seems more, uh, more manageable. And I guess the last thing is, you always have to have hope, right? You have to try and you have to have hope. I guess I would always want to continue trying to know that at the end of it all, we tried as much as we can. And that was it. Rather than leave something on the table and wish I would have tried more, I still have hope that those attempts may lead to something fruitful. You and mom are a great example of that. And I know you have a good episode on that uh, and how you guys continue to try and make those steps to something very fruitful now. Uh, I just called my cousin's On mom's side of the family just the other day, and we were talking about speaking Japanese together and having a good time, right? So that would not have been possible if you guys had not continued to repair that relationship, right? So you are a huge thread of hope that I have in my life and my experiences to say that this can happen. We can, people can learn, people can heal, people can come back together, but you have to try.
0: Yeah, all we can do in the end, all we can do is try. We can give it our best shot. We can try to make sure we we build relationships. We can hope for reconciliation and always have hope. It may happen or it may not happen, but hope is eternal, which means that we're always looking and saying, what can we do to make things better?
1: And I think that that's important now that I have children, right, is man, maybe if the only thing that they see is that we keep trying, and we keep building these relationships and we keep looking for other ways to experience new things and meet new people, but we keep trying on these things. I think that that's an important lesson to learn. And if they can see the, the fruits of that into something wonderful, beautiful, then, well, that would be spectacular, right? I'd love for them to have that same gift that you've given, given me really to, to give to them, just so that like this, these things, investing in people, investing in relationships, investing in reconciliation
0: is worth investing in. Wow. What a powerful conclusion to my conversation with my son, Ryan. There's always hope for reconciliation because reconciliation is based in relationship. And if we continue to try to build relationships with people who around us people within our sphere of influence people who we agree with and who people with whom we disagree with There's always hope for a reconcile bridge between our differences as racism affects many others beyond the races so does reconciliation spread well beyond the two or three parties involved that's the ripple effect that Ryan talked about in the conversation the ripple effect of hope, the ripple effect of prayer, the ripple effect of working within our sphere of influence to help people to see that there's a different way to live. As people of faith, we believe that faith leads to hope. And because we have hope, we keep trying. We keep trying because we believe there's hope in Christ, We believe there's hope in action. There's hope in relationship. And there's hope in reconciliation. There's still people out there who say that racism doesn't exist or they don't see it or they don't believe that it still happens in this day and age. If you happen to know some of those people or if you have some in your family, you may want to send them a link to these last two podcast episodes. And then have a conversation with them, a polite conversation, and see if it helps to change their opinion in any way. If this podcast is making a difference to you, if it is something that you enjoy listening to, then I really appreciate your support. If you would follow us so that you get an alert every time that we send a new episode public, you can also follow us on our Facebook page or on Instagram. And you can leave a review in the site where you're listening to us right now. That makes a big difference in the podcast world. And every positive review we get, every four or five star review we get, raises us up within the algorithm to make Above the Noise more visible to more potential listeners. And you can also send us an email at abovethenoise24 at gmail.com. Above the noise, 24 at gmail.com. Until our next episode, remember that there's a God in heaven and his Son, Jesus Christ, who is the author of reconciliation and he can do more than we can ask or imagine.